0: Welcome to another episode of I'm Not Lost Travel Podcast. In this episode, we head down to the largest country in Central America, one that is not as touristed as, uh, let's say, Costa Rica, but is coming up quickly. It is Nicaragua, full of adventures, volcanoes, waterfalls, hikes, awesome beaches, and super friendly people. Let's go. All right, so you're stuck listening to just me now. I am on a bus to the next city, and Jennifer, my amiga, um, she had to go back to work. Wah wah. wah. But that's okay. Uh, it was fun having a buddy traveling with um, for that period of time, so glad she could join us, and uh, yeah. Anyhow, the first city that we went um, and how we got there is we crossed over from... El Salvador, But to do so, Nicaragua is very particular, especially during the times of COVID. We had to get a COVID test in El Salvador, which actually the cheapest I could find and that I think they offer is one for $100. So then you had to get $10 to get official copies because you needed three copies. And we had to time it just right and also communicate with them all these little details in Spanish. So it was a little bit challenging, but not so bad. We met a really nice guy who kind of helped us out when we were in El Salvador. So as you cross, we came from El Tunco and it turned into, it was about a 12 hour shuttle ride. So the shuttle came to pick us up and sure enough, every spot on the shuttle was full, completely full. In addition to that, um, I kind of looked around and was like, oh, everything's full. I guess we'll have to get another van. And he's like, points to the front seat. No, no English. Points to the front seat and was like, you get to ride shotgun in the middle there um, where the, uh, the gearbox is right on your nuts. Um, while his buddy was in the front seat against the window. So I was like, awesome, this is gonna be a great 12 hour ride. So um, one of the drivers immediately took a nap and I uh, frantically uh, was hoping to see if the seatbelt would work and of course it didn't. But the only downside was, um, you know, we, I was witness to everything that we saw along the road and you know, at one point a hog had broken away from its leash and it sprinted out onto the highway and sure enough, the car next to it clipped it at 65 miles an hour. And good God, did I not want to see that. Oh, it was brutal. And it's uh, seared into my memory for now. So uh, aside from that, we it wasn't too bad. We hit some, you know, I read some blogs on once you hit the border with Honduras, how it gets real sketchy and you just like not wanting to stop. Um, the guy actually said he needs to sit there because during, when they get to Honduras, He needs to be able to um, keep his eyes peeled for Banditos or just anything like that. So I was like, you know what, man? I will take this shifter right in the shafter if uh, you keep your eyes out for Banditos. And uh, at one point, I noticed he bought an energy. This is when it started to get dark and a monster. And I was like asking if he was tired. um, And he said, yeah, he'd done this ride three days in a row. He started that morning at 3 a.m. And uh, he had about... four hours of sleep, which is always a good comforting feeling when your driver is uh, falling asleep uh, on the trip. So aside from that, it's easy drive, actually, if you're coming from El Salvador. I know I said, made it sound like it wasn't, but um, comparative to a chicken bus, this is the only shuttle we took on our entire trip. Um, and, you know, it was uh, just because the shuttle, the chicken bus would have taken us probably three, four days. We thought about it too, because um, this was like An hour late and we were like well i guess let's go find the chicken bus but sure enough i made a few phone calls and uh had him pin it down and he was two hours late leaving but we had it and we got it to work so as you cross um nicaragua also just remember there is no drones there's a giant sign there's no drones um they scan all your bags as you come in they check your covid test um We uh, spent some time in Honduras, they stamped our uh, passports, um, and as we made our way then eventually to Nicaragua, um, they will go through all your stuff. Super not friendly, nobody speaks English, but that's part of the fun, part of the journey. Um, Once we were there, most people, as they come through to Guatemala, as they say, don't skip El Salvador, but people do. They'll either stop in just El Tunco and keep moving, but I don't think you should. You should definitely explore all of El, uh, El Salvador. But from El Tunco, the backpacker trail takes you down to um, Leon. And Leon was our first place that we stayed. We stayed in um, Poco y Poco Hostel, which is probably the second most popular hostel, if not the first. I think Bigfoot is the most popular hostel. Yeah, so Poco Poco was, um, it was nice. We did the, I mean, it's nice for a hostel, I should say. So just, I just want you to make sure you have your, uh, you know, if you're looking for five star, um, it's not that, but uh, they did have some showers, um, some, uh, you know, it was Jen's first time uh, staying in a uh, shared hostel, so um, she kind of learned to, uh, you know, at first she's not super excited she came back and let me know that there's another floater waiting in the morning for us um (laughs) toilet was not that um amazing so aside from that they did have like six showers that you could use well yeah six total probably that you could use um but the windows the screen was busted so like um and the windows you have to have it open or you will sweat to death there's no ac at all and you just have a little stand fan so we kept that she was in the bunk bed and i was on uh i think i i got the big bed that day so we just had that thing rotating trying to keep us from dying of heat stroke um and in the middle of the night like you got a little journey to make it to the bathroom you know, little flip-flops um and you could have a little uh your little toiletries bag to make your way but yeah it wasn't so bad and the breakfast is included and it's pretty good and uh you know there's a little lounge area the wi-fi in the room doesn't work but they do have Wi-Fi in the kitchen area so um, Pogo Pogo hostel would be a great spot to stay it's not too far from the center um, and it's not too far from Bigfoot hostel so the first thing and the main reason we went there obviously is all of the volcanoes Um, our favorite one well we'll talk about our favorites but day one we wanted to start off just to make sure that we got it in was volcano boarding Um, You've heard about it. If you're going to Nicaragua, I know that's probably one of the reasons why you're going. I saw it on CNN's top 50 most adventurous things you can do in the world list about a year and a half ago. I was sitting there during COVID thinking, you know, stuck at home, um, planning adventures for the next year or two. (laughs) I was really stoked about this, Um, but I never thought I would actually go. Um, but I put it in the back of my head, filed it away for okay, if I'm ever in Central America, and sure enough, Central America was my destination. I've, you know, it was such a great time. But things you should know. So, for we went through Bigfoot, uh, excuse me, Volcano Day. We went through Volcano Day. We were going to go through Bigfoot Hostel, but the fact that they were two hours late on our shuttle pickup um, to get us from El Salvador um, to Nicaragua we were like, let's go with Volcano Day. Volcano Day is probably one of the better known ones. We had met, the only two tourists we met in all of uh, El Salvador were a couple from Italy and they had gone through uh, Volcano Day, said they were super professional, said it was a really great time and they had it well organized. So we chose them, we paid 25, no, excuse me, $30. It wasn't the cheapest. You could probably do cheaper, but you're really gonna get a professional outfit here um they picked us up uh they had the biggest group they'd had in months they said if not a year um it was a giant chicken bus that they must own or they rented out for the day and the chicken bus picks you up um and they take you out on a dirt road i don't know how a school bus can drive on this road it was pretty insane but you get there and you're going to have about you know they give you a little intro to what's about to come but you're still going to have a lot of questions um You pay a little fee to get onto the national park, and then you're gonna carry your board up. Um, The board isn't too heavy, but it is a pretty treacherous hike. Um, Being a good friend that I am, I helped Jen and I carried it up. Um, I'm sure you could pay a porter, I think for sure we saw some, who will carry it up for you. But um, you know, it's, it's, it's not too heavy of a board, but it's just that it's a treacherous hike in that like it's not stable, it's like loose volcano rock. So it's not too hard, but it is an hour up and it was hot as balls when we were there so about an hour up and then when you get to the top you wait for the rest of the crew to come and then uh you feel your shorts when you finally look down the mountain it's a little intimidating um but uh you know i actually again just like paragliding the summer i was i just was like i'm not gonna think about it until i'm up there and uh it you know that's where my anxiety and i was like you know looking at people go down i was like let me watch a couple people and then um kind of learn to give you a little uh more details of how you can slow yourself of how you can control the board um the only time you could probably get hurt is if you start you know hauling ass down the mountain and you know your one leg is kind of overcorrecting, and now you start going that way and then next thing you're tumbling because you're going to tumble down the mountain um i don't think you could die but you definitely wouldn't have a good time doing that so couple people went um and then it was jen's turn you had three routes going at one time because they had such a big group that day and um you know we were like well we saw a couple people who were kind of scooting along they were actually going slow and i was like well shoot i guess like that's not so bad and uh you know jen went and i was like oh but when you hit there's a little like slope you cannot see on the other side of the slope and i shouldn't have asked but i asked this guy in spanish and uh, he worked there and he said oh once you hit that slope it goes much faster and i was like god why did i ask that Uh, because it's almost it appears that as though it's straight down so um someone will wait down in the mountain if you go with volcano day to take photos and videos of you which is cool and it's included they do a little group message at the end to send it out and um, sometimes they will have a radar gun at the bottom to check your speed for you the slowest he said it took someone was a half hour and i think that's because they literally wouldn't bring their legs up to like let you know uh, gravity do its job and get you down the mountain but the fastest i want to say he said it was 90 or 95 uh, miles an hour um, the guy who started it was like gosh what is the best way to go down this mountain so he tried on a fridge <laughs> he tried on a queen-size mattress. He tried eventually on a bike and I think that's where he hit that speed if I'm not mistaken and uh, broke every bone in his body when he crashed essentially. So, um, once you get, they're going to give you a jumpsuit, they're going to give you goggles and you need some kind of neck gaiter and obviously have tennis shoes. Um, I actually was like, uh, I don't know if this is unnecessary. Oh, and gloves. They give you gloves too for your hands because it's like a toboggan almost. You have to hold on um, to a rope handle and bring your legs up. um, I would just add this. I got going so fast that um, I was like, well, I'll just use the brakes. He told me, put my heels in, It did nothing. I was hauling ass. I've literally hit that ramp part where you start then going down even faster and was like, well, I'm about to get out of control. And um, I couldn't see anything because of the rock and the dust is now completely covers where your goggles are. And also... Um, you're getting... Even though I had a gator on, that volcanic rock and the dust is in your face. It's up... It's somehow in your jumpsuit. It is all over the place. But as I started to panic, as I got out of control, I was just loving every second of it. It was a incredible experience. I went... I mean, I just brought my legs up and was like, let's see how fast this thing can go. Because I I asked and it will stop you at the end just because of the the volcanic sand eventually smooths out, evens out, and there's no way you won't stop. So I was like, you know what? No matter how how fast I go. So once I hit that ramp, I just brought my legs up and went as fast as I could. And it was an experience. Oh my God, it was so fun. That was definitely in my top five, top 10 experiences um, of all my travels it is a must you have to do it um yeah I cannot recommend it enough um it's it's an adventure man and that's what life's about it's one of those moments where I'm like here I am like when did I think I would be on top of a volcano about to board down it <laughs> and I screamed the whole way just with joy it was just so amazing thinking back makes me smile ear to ear um, and that's what travel's about um, we also hit Telica Sunset Hike. That's uh, kind of a popular one as well. And when I say popular, we had one other tourist with us, uh, a guy from Austria. And um, so that's a pretty decent hike. It's not too bad at all, actually. Probably took us an hour to get up. And it's about an hour drive outside of town on a super dirt, bumpy, four-wheel drive, mandatory road um, where you're in the bed of a pickup truck. Um, and the, the guide was super friendly. Um, for whatever reason, um, Volcano Day send, sent an American. Like, I guess they're just volunteering at the hostel. And she was literally, like, kind of worthless as far as helping. But the guide was amazing at Volcano Day. So they have amazing guides. We also used them to do the Telka sunset hike. It was actually a package. So we started, you know, early morning with the volcano. And then we're like, we want to get them both in for sure. So we had a nice lunch at Via Via Cafe, Um, and then we went over to, um, the lunch was like spaghetti, so you know don't expect big things with that, but the hike was great. At the top, you see the sun is about to set. Um, There is nobody up there. I mean, literally nobody up there. You can see the smoke circling around the volcano, just coming out of the ground up there, out of the the crater, Um, little smoke, little vents that you can put your hands on and see smoke coming up and feel the heat. I mean, it's just incredible. We spent about uh, about 45 minutes up there. Uh, We did see some people from Europe who were were like, "Oh my God, can you imagine if someone would walk along that ridge?" And sure enough, we look over there. It's soft. It's crumbly. You go one way, and you're going down the mountain. The other way, you're going in the crater. And these guys, the guy, uh, these guys were hiking it from Europe with no guide. Um, So a little crazy. A little, a little bit, uh, little. uh, I don't know. A little on the risky side for that one, just because the sun was setting and the walk back into the town would have been about 4 hours. So, um anyhow, it is a great hike up, the whole hike down. Um it was in the dark, so make sure you have a light with you as it is just really rocky and you could easily turn an ankle and fall. Uh we started a rain on us. I mean, that's yeah, obviously a theme um when you're in some of these countries, especially um you know around the rainy season or i think pretty much all year you might encounter rain so um, a little poncho action and then uh, we made our way back in the four-wheel drive um nice town square we hit up um a nice you know we, there's a nice cafe directly next to the town square get a cold drink get a little bit of dinner um, we went to pan y Pa's bakery to get um some like awesome pastries after that have some coffee um what else we went to there's a little bar that overlooks just right next to town square it's a second floor and it's got a great view it's nice and you know nice student scene Lyon is known as a uh, student town where a lot of uh, forward thinking progressive ideas leftist hotbed um you'll notice while you're there too like uh, lots of graffiti um as far as like signs of you know uh Death to the Invader is uh, prominently you know, over there by the FSLN uh, museum. Um, genocide with Bush or something, I forgot what it said exactly. So, and then they have pictures of like Daniel Ortega with Castro, um, pictures of Che, and um, just a lot of good street art though, as well as that. So um, there's a little bit of both. Uh, the church in town is really neat. Uh, it's one of the better churches we saw in Nicaragua. You can pay, I think, $2 or $3, I can't recall off the top of my head, but it's one of the two, to get to the roof. And it's a really neat view up there. You really got to get up there. So the church is cool, but the view from the rooftop is worth it. Um, The FSLN um, museum was really neat. It's run by, like, former Sandinista rebels, like straight-up guerrilla fighters that are, like, obviously retired. And um, they still have, like, it's all in Spanish, no English, So Jen was like, "Uh, I don't really know what he's saying, but I tried to like translate as we went. And, um, you know, he just kind of would show like, you know, he's very visual with his hands. So trying to make it um, so, you know, you understood what he was saying at all times. But he showed us some of the weapons he used. Um, I got to admit, though, the museum is a gorgeous old building that they took over during the war. And honestly, they haven't changed it since. It is like, it it could be a lot better of a museum. They have old like pictures of like Che and things like that. And some of the weapons they use laying around. Um, And he was adamant that we pick up, uh, I pick up the weapon and like practice, you know, uh, shoot this one and I'll take a picture. And I mean, obviously they don't work, but he wanted the full.
1: On the roof is, you know, there was literally like old tin roof, like a tin roof at least 35 feet high in the air there's now holes and also rusted areas where if you step there's like a little bit of spray paint so he's like you know and again in spanish like you point down step there and you'll fall through the roof step there and uh, a couple steps out jen was like yeah i'm just gonna wait here and uh, jen had already stepped on a dead animal and uh, i look over and i hear oh my god and her screaming and what she stepped on um it had all the ants that were eating it had come up on her leg and she was freaking out. Um, and I started to freak out because I was like, what is it? What is it?
0: Um,
1: and then I realized, and I was like, Oh God. So we can hand sanitizer spray to spray her legs. And that was um, how we solved that. And the guy didn't really seem to mind. Um, so he just kicked it to the side and kept going rather than clean it up. Um, but it's a cool museum. I think it's worth it. I really, you know, on this trip, I had no idea the history. I had no idea the country was, um, you know, such a, a communist vibe to it. And uh, I thought that was a really awesome um, way to learn. It's just doing. And then we did obviously. I found a guy who did a personal because there was just only us that signed up uh, walking tour. Uh, super super helpful. Leonel Baca. Um, you can find him on Guru Walk, and um, we weren't expecting too much. He was 24, still in college, and uh, God, was he interesting! And just a nice guy. You know, he really explained the history to us. We went to the market. Um, we had different fruits and stuff that we all tried together. Different candies I can't turn down. Um, different fruits or candies, and then um, just left us with just such a you know um, a good view of the city, you know, as far as understanding it more, and both of us were like, you know what, this guy's getting, like, you know, after not spending, you know, anything over a dollar, we're like, let's go all out and hook this guy up, because that's how in- informative he was for us, so, um, shout out, Leonel, thank you, my friend, and so, Guru Walk, get yourself a tour, um, he went over by, like, an hour, because we didn't have any time crunch, and it was just worth it, uh, to do so, um, market they have a really cool market where you can go this was uh one of my favorite things i love going to market see the sights the sounds the smells they have avocados that i'm not joking weigh at least i don't know maybe a pound or two pounds uh way bigger than my hand we got three of them and it it came out to be five pounds of avocados like when we like finally i was like let's weigh these before we leave and they were about 80 cents each it is crazy i don't know what's you know, species of avocado, but they definitely don't have them in, uh, in America. Uh, the pit of the avocado was the size of a normal avocado in America, just to give you a reference. But then we went to Paz and they have, uh, fresh baked bread. So I, you know, was able to find some integral bread and, uh, just having wheat bread, we made some avocado toast. We cut up, um, went back to the hostel where they have a a poco y poco they have a nice kitchen so we did that we went and bought a block of cheese and we're like um how many cordoba how much cheese can we get for 100 cordoba and she has an old school scale and she humped off like cut off a giant piece And i was like oh that's a pretty good piece and then it didn't reach whatever number that 100 cordoba was she hacked off another piece and i was like oh my god okay and uh by the time we left we were uh uh, quite deep in cheese. And so we ate off that. We went back to the hostel, made just the best picnic, uh, that we could. It was amazing and all cost under $5. And I'm not joking. We both had to like sit and then try and get motivation to walk after this meal. It was so filling. So definitely check out the market. It is focused mainly on fruits and veggies, which are my favorites. Uh, we tried, uh, Samote, which was a really fun fruit, kind of like uh, persimmon but different color and different texture, um, and yeah, a bunch of others. You'll you'll just have to experiment, and that's part of the fun too. Um, let's see, you know, it just it, it's just a fun town. There's all kinds of other volcanoes and tours you can do from the city. So, you know, three to four nights I think would be a minimum to really get your feet wet. And uh, you know, there's a couple. There's one that I didn't get out to that I wanted to, Somo- Somoto Canyon, uh, I wanted to do some canyoneering out there, so I would add an extra night if I came back, and, uh, yeah, if you get a chance, do so, um, but don't skip Leon. it's a great spot, it's, uh, probably the most, one of the most backpacker friendly spots that we've visited in Nicaragua, uh, Poco Bigfoot, um, we were able to get our laundry done right next to Via Via Cafe, um. And, yeah, that was nice to have some fresh clothes after doing uh, sink washing for the past two weeks. I mean, I was giving out – well, mostly Jen did that. I just needed fresh uh, underwear, but I was just giving out clothes as I wore it because they were so sweaty. Um, After one wear, I was like, I can't. Like, sunscreen and everything. So, But you can definitely – can make it to leon there's definitely a cheaper spot to do your laundry there otherwise it is an absolute um adventure lover's paradise not in the city but just outside the city um you're going to find a ton of different volcanoes to see and, and explore so good luck and enjoy leon so the next spot we went to was granada after leon we took the chicken bus Everything is chicken bus for us. So he did, there is shuttles, um, and you can do shuttle. I think it would only be about $18, but, um, I wanted to see if we could do it. Uh, you know, I think chicken buses are so fun because you can really meet locals along the way. And it's not just, um, people who aren't friendly. Uh, one of the things we noticed too, like our shuttle there from El Tunco, And, um, then they were, happened to all be staying at Poco. We Poco with us was they were traveling in a pack, um, people from Israel, and just not friendly at all, like, you know, I'd be like, so where are you guys from, Israel, oh, cool, like, what's your favorite thing to do here, and they would, you know, they spelled spell Hebrew the whole time, even though they knew English, and, like, just didn't want to break the circle of friends that they had going, they were uh, very not social, so um, we were able to use chicken busses, and it was just fun, because someone would sit next to, them. we never sat next to each other, um, we would sit in front of each other, so we'd have room for our bag. And then, when someone would want to sit there, we just chat with a new person, uh, or at least I would do my best to uh, um, get by with my bad Spanish. So, uh, we did the chicken bus. Instead of paying 18, we paid a dollar, and uh, it was actually not too bad. So, if you're worried about it, you can get from León to Granada via chicken bus. Once in Granada, um, we stayed about a five-minute walk off of. Um, Oh, maybe a 10 minutes walk from the center square. There is a brand new Selena that they just opened up there. Um, it was a little too pricey for my budget, actually, um, but it is in a great location. Um, all their tours, I kind of looked over their tours that they offered. I think a lot of Um, I needed seven more armbands and leg bands, and I, I'm addicted to these bracelets. Um, and I got a couple things for my, I have a shelf with, like, just one little teeny trinket from each country I've been to. So I got a couple cool things. Jen bought, um, t-shirts for her boyfriend, and, um, I kind of was the, uh, assessed what a guy would like, so we got him some beer t-shirts. So, uh, hopefully he likes those, um. And after that, we, the big thing of the day, we walked all over town, though. We went to, there's a lot of old churches there. Uh, there's a giant church right next to the Square. None that, like, you know, took our breath away. Um, more so what we did was just wander the streets. We got some cold drinks and just wandered. Um, got a nice Tonia, um, which is a great beer. Uh, I like the Frost, which is my second favorite beer there. Um, but we just kind of wandered around town, uh, walked quite a bit. Um, one thing I forgot to mention, when you're in Lyon, about 45 minutes outside of town is the Tonia factory where they make um, the rum um, and also Tonia beer. So you can do a tour there. So if you happen to be in town, you can just stop by or organize it via town. That's a great spot to do some rum tasting. But back to Granada, um, you know, it's, I liked Lyon a little bit better, but what we were there, we kind of
0: explored all day
1: until it was evening, and then that's where we were. Our goal was to do the um, evening hike up Masaya, and that was really cool. I think you have to do it. Um, basically, what you're going to see is boiling lava in a volcano, like an active volcano. The water is, or water, the lava's legitimately boiling. And I liked it so much because in Guatemala, I was able to be lower and watch Acatenango, just like below um, lava out the top. And this was a whole different perspective. Now I'm above it, looking down into the crater. So, a real cool perspective, I mean, I don't know, I think Iceland, you could do this right now, but other than that, I don't know any other place with an active volcano, and one of my buddies had literally just been in Iceland, and he uh, messaged me when I sent him a photo and said, we couldn't even get close to the uh, actual volcano that was active, they keep you at such a distance. So, this is a spot you can really get up close to it, Um, you know, and a lot of people only come for the night tour, so during the day... It's just mostly steam, but, um, yeah, at night it's obviously going to be a lot more interesting um, as far as that goes. Um, it costs about, I think we paid 20 or $25 for that. You can book that through anyone in town, essentially. Um, we went through Boko and Boko Hostel, which is a nice hostel, um, real friendly. Um, we went there They have a nice kitchen, a nice... Uh, sitting area, they have good Wi-Fi, they have a little bar in the corner, um, you know, I uh, I went there, We, you know, I found salsa class, and then Jen joined me for salsa class, and uh, we both realized that we have a lot of work to do in our dancing, uh, there was about 10 of us doing salsa, so we kind of all intermixed and like practiced, and uh, no one spoke English, or at least the instructor didn't. Um, and it was just fun. Just, everyone was so sweaty and just having a good time. And, uh, yeah, it was free.
0: Um, a little
1: donation at the end. So, check out Bogo and Bogo. Even if you're not staying there, um, they still offer things at night. I went back the other night for their beer pong tournament. And Jen was pooped and still not feeling too well. Um, and she went back to, to, to her room. So, um, what else? Uh, if you're looking for stuff to buy, there's a Super Selecto, which is, um, no, excuse me, Super Selecto is El Salvador. They call it um, Colonial, which is Walmart, actually. So um, Jen's uh, iPhone cord was lost for a few days, so she got an iPhone cord, and we grabbed a ton of bananas and some granola, getting ready for the next day's hike um, up Ometepe. So Boca is a good spot to stay. I think better than Selena. It's a little more mom-and-pop. It's not that corporate juggernaut. Um, and it's a little cheaper, too. So and Boca would be a good spot to stay. Um... What else? Let's see. After that, the next day, our goal was to go to, um, uh, Mombacho. We wanted to do the Mombacho hike. So, Mombacho was <clears throat> about a, let's see, how did we get there? We did a tuk-tuk there. Um, and it's outside of town. We didn't have a tour. We wanted to do this, or I wanted to do it on my own to save money. And Jen was up for giving it a shot. When you get there, though, you're going to pay a $6 fee. Um, we were told it could be up to 20 bucks. um, to get a tuk-tuk, by the way, and we got it for $8.99. Essentially, came out to be like nine dollars, and we were like uh, for both, right? You know, how you always do that. And sure enough, the dude said it was like six in the morning, so there was nobody else out. I think for him to, to take. So
0: uh,
1: don't take the first guy. The first guy said, um, "I don't have time." Second guy said, um, "I think he wanted 25." So keep wandering; you'll find something. So Mombacho, um, when you get there. Um, you have two choices. You can pay twenty dollars for them to drive you up the road to start the hike. Twenty bucks, which is crazy because the entrance fee is five. Um, and he go, and we're like, you know, okay, uh, can we walk it? And he kind of gave us some info. This walk is no joke. Um, so on all trails, it actually gives the incline. So you can check it for yourself. But forty-five percent incline. I mean, that is insane like it will kick your ass before you've even started the hike we were sweating so much um it isn't like there wasn't a spot on my shirt that wasn't wet so it is it is paved with like paved road but it is insane we finally got to the top i thought jen might be like you know what screw this this is uh that was the hike that's all i'm doing she was a trooper. She uh, wasn't even mad. She took a quick rest, and then we I got a, a guide. Uh, they charge you $5 more if you want it in English, and I was like, you know what? Let's live a little. Let's use some English so Jen can understand it too, and uh, we got a nice guide. There's three tracks. Um, after that warm-up hike, Jen wasn't feeling the Puma, which is the longest one, so we did the middle trail. Um, it was about three, four hours, but again, it took us almost an hour and a half to get up that road, it's about five miles of 45% incline. So just know you should have some water. We finished almost all of our water by the time we got there. Um, we got to the top, and it is a great view. Once you get to there, you're going to see wild animals. There is sloths. There is monkeys. There is sna- There are snakes. Uh, there's some good crater views to so look down at the crater. Um, you'll go to a, a viewpoint that looks straight out to all of the islands. Um, you can see the Blue uh, Lagoon at, on the other side of town. Apoyo, which is a great spot to visit for a swim. It's just fresh lagoon water. Amazing. Um, and then, yeah, it, it just, it, it's it's just a great hike.
0: Um,
1: if I did it again, the views are just as good on the middle trail, but Puma, just to add a little, say, you know, add a little extra um, and say I did the, the hardest hike on Mambacho. So it's definitely doable in a day. Just start early and probably paid. Take the, uh, the shuttle up there. Um, but you will have to wait around for it. So after that, we got down um, to the bottom. I think we paid $17. No, $21 for our guide. We wanted English. And at the bottom there was some really scrawny uh, dogs. So I gave, I unloaded all my dog food at, at these two guys. They were so skinny. And luckily, there's nobody down there except for one tuk-tuk. And I thought I was like, here we go. Let's bargain.
0: I was ready for
1: it. And he offered the same price I got out there for. So somehow we got lucky. We were ready to walk back into town. Um, He actually was trying to sell us on tours. He's like, I'll take you to the islands. I'll take you to uh, Laguna Apoyo, which is the the lagoon right over there. Um, But um, we had already talked to someone earlier in the day. So we were going to see if we could do it on our own as well. You can actually walk to Las Isletas, where you can get a kayak to do it yourself, from Granada. We had no idea. We thought farther than that. We went through um, Alexander Kayak and Boats. He is incredible. One of the kindest guys we met. So informative. We saw monkeys, uh, white-faced monkeys, howler monkeys, um, every type of bird. He'd be like, see that right there? And he knew exactly what it was, told us the backstory of it. He showed us where we could pick dragon fruit that was drooping down. Um, He took us, we went to Monkey Island. Um, He brought some plums so I could feed the monkey, and there's three monkeys that live on Monkey Island. I thought it would be more, but someone brought them there like 20 years ago, and uh, there is a power cord that, uh, not a power cord, like a power line going over it, because all around Las Isletas are the most wealthy people in all of Nicaragua, all home there. So He showed us the former president's home, the owner of the biggest coffee company in all Nicaragua. I mean, these estates are insane, and they're all their own little islands, like, just private islands. So here we are, like, you know, we're, like, five feet from the house of the former president, and we're in our little kayak. It was just he and his little son who came along. He said, I'm trying to get my son to be stronger. So it was just an amazing experience. But back to those monkeys, um, they tried at one point, to get off, and that to get off the island by using the power pole, and unfortunately, that's why he has no tail, um, it's a little bit of sad, a little sad to see, but, um, at the same time, um, they have the whole little mini island to themselves, and it's not big, um, and yeah, uh, I was a little bit terrified, because once I put the fruit in my hand, they all came running at me, and I don't know what it is about monkeys, but, um, seeing their fangs, or whatever those are, their teeth, I guess, intimidate the hell out of me. So. That was a fun little experience. And then just watching the sunset over Las Isletas, the Lake Nicaragua, it's, the water is so calm, so quiet. You see Mambacho, you see Masaya Volcano in the background. Um, please, if you get a chance, I was skeptical on what I'd see. I was like, ah, oh, here we go, another kayak. And they're like, do you want to do it by yourself or do you want to do it with the guide? And I was like, what's the guide going to tell us? Sure enough, it was the best kayak trip I've ever been on. Um and most informative, and the kindest, um, so to try a tip out of me and Jen, like, you gotta be pretty good, maybe not Jen, but for me, I was like, Jen, we gotta hook this guy up, he was so good, um, so yeah, so that was another highlight of our trip to Granada, but Granada, you wouldn't, the town itself, it's not a ton, it's just, it's just a smaller, you know, I thought these would be bigger cities too, but, um, you know, other than that, there's just not a ton, it's kind of a base go and do all the volcanoes and all the active adventures outside of that. So our next stop is going to be Ometepe Island, and we'll talk about how we got there using a chicken bus from Granada. All right, so our next destination, as I mentioned, is Ometepe Island, um, Isle de Ometepe. And we got there via chicken bus. Uh, We wanted the more adventurous route. There are shuttles that leave from Granada. I think it was about $20 wanted to go that route per person, Um, but it actually only saves you about 30 minutes at most, so we wanted to pay, or I wanted to pay a dollar, and I got to see more sites, I got to talk to people, versus jumping in with maybe some potentially grumpy travelers who aren't down to have a discussion, so I figured, plus, we could use that money to do another tour or something like that, so um, we went from uh, Granada to Manawa, and then Manawa, which is the capital, giant capital of uh, Nicaragua, we switched, uh, found a bus that would take us to, I want to say Rivas, yes, Rivas, In Rivas, you're going to get off in Rivas, so a you dollar know, for the first bus, I think a dollar fifty for the second or something like that, um, and then in Rivas, you're going to have to get off, and then too far to walk, and I'm, I'm usually a walker, but with all the gear on and backpacks, um, it is way too far. So we took a, a taxi, and uh, we got some people to split it with us. So I think we paid $2 each for the taxi, which takes you down to the docks. Um, so the docks is where you're going to buy your ticket to get over to Ometepe. Um, cost about 2 for the ferry to Ometepe. Um, we sat on the upstairs. It was an amazing view. It felt so good. Um, At this point, I sort of stopped buttoning my shirts um, and just kind of started living that island life. I mean, I was digging the breeze. And um, the bathrooms on those are horrible. Um, It says on there, uh, only urine in Spanish. And sure enough, someone took a big dump on top of it. And, uh, yeah, so go to the bathroom before you get on. It's an hour-long ride there, and they do sell water on board (laughs) if you need it. but super basic, uh, ferry to get Once you get to the island, um, we didn't really know how big this island was, and it is, it feels a lot bigger. It's insane, like, lake, lake Nicaragua is the biggest lake in all of Central America. So, you know, I'm talking like bigger than Lake Michigan, you know, for reference, um, or at least that felt like that. Um, and when you're there, though, it took us... To get from one side of the island to the other took us two hours. And I know we could have even gone farther. So that's how, like, big this island was. And that was on our scooters, not walking. So, um, yeah, we got off, and we stayed in Moyogalpa, which is kind of closest to the – if you, if there was a city, it would be that. And we stayed as close to the city just because we were there for a short time, and I knew that we'd be getting in, and I wanted to try and start a hike right away for – um, we'd have to run into any you know sunset times or anything like that that would uh interrupt that so um we stayed at this place um Casa delani and it literally was a kind of in a strictly locals neighborhood like rural um, it was a concrete walls with about a foot gap, and then they put like aluminum siding for the roof. So meaning the gap would be like, so bugs could cruise in, air could come in, whatever it might be, which is fine. Um, And then the bathroom was a PVC pipe coming out of the ground um, with just a little knob. So there is, I mean, there's not even like the, the, let's act like we have hot or cold water. It's just a knob you spin. So, and it came straight out of the pipe. There's no, I'm I'm, I'm literally saying there's a pipe, so there's no like uh, nozzle or anything at the end. So the water just comes straight down on your head, (laughs) and I thought it was hilarious. Jen thought it was the worst shower of the trip, but at least she laughed at it, too. She's got a great sense of humor,
0: and uh,
1: that's what makes a good travel partner, uh, is getting a buddy to to laugh when you get lost, and stuff like that. Um, And staying under this little uh, mosquito net was pretty rough. It was not the most comfortable, and my feet were dangling off the bed. And Jen, she got the queen bed that night, or the full, or whatever it was, and I took the little twin. But it was pouring rain. I've never heard rain so loud in my life and never seen it come down so fast. Um, Lightning, thunder, everything. Uh, Usually I sleep with a a rain app um, when I'm traveling and I didn't need it. Um, And it sucked because Jen went up early and I was like, oh, I'm going to walk down and find the Wi-Fi. Um, And I want to check my email real quick. And uh, so it's about 500-yard walk. Sure enough, the rain started coming down. Um, right when I got there. So I had to walk back in this bad boy. And I had my shoes on and was like, you know what? It was pitch black. Couldn't see anything. So be ready. But well, let's get to what you do on this island. So the main draw is to hike Concepcion or Madeiras. Madeiras is, um, I think, um, it's, so it's more covered. It's, there's two volcanoes. This Ometepe Island is two giant volcanoes. They're twin volcanoes next to each other. Madeiras is wetter. It's covered. And there's cloud forests that you go through. You're going to cross rivers. You're going to get wet. Your shoes, are, your shoes are going to get soaked. At the top, though, there's also a blue lagoon that you can swim in. It's supposed to be incredible, right? So that's your first option. Second option is Concepcion. Concepcion is like open to, you know, there's not, not the coverage. It's a little more rugged, a little more rural, I was told. And
0: um, yeah,
1: it's it's one of the greats, and uh, that one, though, is going to take you about anywhere from like nine to ten hours, and Madeiras is like minimum seven to eight hours, so they're a full day. you got to make sure you plan on that. Um, I wish I would have left more time on Ometepe to, to do both, to be totally honest with you, I think, or at least one, I should say. You probably would be tired if you tried to do one and then the other the next day, but a must is... Getting a scooter. You have to get a scooter. If you get a scooter right when you come off, you're going to pay a little bit more. We walked around a little bit and we got one for
0: $20.
1: We didn't sign any paperwork, but a couple said, make sure you read through the fine print because uh, these were those two Italians that we met in El Salvador. Um, They gave us the tips for where to look and for not getting the first one that we see off the boat. Uh, Keep walking. Uh, But they tried to get, someone tried to rip them off, I guess, with not bringing enough gas back and also. Um, the time. They do it to the minute to try and get a little extra money out of you. So be careful of that. We paid $20 for all day and uh, I said, no, 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 24 hours means till the next day at this time and they couldn't get that part. It was confusing, so I think we paid, he wanted $30 for 24 hours and I paid 25 So we met in the middle there and that was fair. But the island is amazing to cruise around. It is incredible. We went almost and we we went almost the entire island. Um, there's a couple places where Scooters is just way too rugged. And, and I mean, it's rugged. It is, it is nuts for scooters. So we went to the other side of the island. We wanted to start off right away with San Ramon Waterfall. It's a, you go two hours the other side of the island. And um, it's not, we missed it once, but then I was like, shoot, it's got to be around here. So a little bit of investigating. We sure enough found a little sign that pointed No cars, no people. That's why it was a little tricky to find. Um, We paid, I think, $2 to get in. It took us about two hours to hike. You're straight up going through the jungle. There is crazy howler monkeys, like that deep, loud howl or whatever you want to call it. So we were both saying, like, if we didn't know what that was, that would be the scariest sound to be lost in the jungle listening to. But there's a little spray paint of red uh, every once in a while along the trail. So you kind of were like lose the trail, but then we'd see a little dot of red, so don't lose the faith, you will see, we saw nobody, so that's another reason we were questioning, we had to cross over the river a couple of times, uh, but luckily we had our Chacos on, early diet Chacos, and um, yeah, it is, when you get there, you're going to be like, oh my God, that was one of the biggest, tallest, most impressive waterfalls that I've seen um, in a long time, and it was all to ourselves. That's why I love these countries. Uh, Towards the end, we had two locals who were uh, shooting videos for their YouTube channel. We saw them have a drone. We're like, oh, my God, how do you get a drone in here? They scanned all our bags for it, but I started talking to them. They're from Manawa, and they have a channel called Crazy Loquero, uh, their YouTube channel, and they go to all their favorite crazy places in um, Nicaragua. So it was so fun to talk to them, learn some about some awesome places to visit. Um, they told us, and I don't know if this is true, that that waterfall is coming from the lagoon at the top of Madeira, um, which is pretty incredible if it's true. Uh, after that, we uh, went back into town. Had we drove around at sunset? I mean, it took us it two hours to get back, so we had to plan this just right. But the sunset on that drive, looking at the volcanoes, is magical, man. I mean, it is magical. There is horses, wild horses roaming. There is, um, gosh, what else? There is cows, herds of cow, uh, cattle
0: um,
1: wandering the streets. And the pace of life is just so slow. It's just plantation gardens and, and fields of plantations. And you feel like you're somewhere far, far away on a tropical island. Um, but you're on Lake Nicaragua, which is so crazy. Um, we stopped in Santo Domingo. I was like, I have to swim, just to say I did in Lake Nicaragua, there are locals, strictly locals, playing soccer on the beach that I swam next to. Um, what else? We after that we went to a. They have one of the La Colonials. No, they didn't have La Colonial. They had a little local in Moyo Galpa, uh grocery store. Where we picked up some groceries for the next day's hike, um, and we had dinner in Moyogalpa. We had um, Repo Chata, repoceta. Which was the most fried, like as me and Jen were talking about, it was. So you take, you take it, you fry it, and then you fry it again, and after that you're gonna add cheese. You're gonna fry that cheese. Once you fry that, you're gonna fry it one more time. After you fry that, you'll go ahead and do that one more fry, and then fry it one more time. It was so gnarly, um, just dripping with grease, but it was an awesome, um, awesome experience to try something new always. And the next day we started with Cabalitos del Mar. Um, we got up at 5 to get across the island in time to kayak. They have a wetlands over there, which Cayman in crocodiles. I guess they're crocodiles, but they're called caimans. Um, tons of birds, all kinds of monkeys. Um, we started at Sunrise with that. That was a great little addition. It wasn't as good as I thought Las Isletas, so if you're going to kayak only one spot, even though this is like a wild wetlands, still do that. Um, Jen got stung by a wasp um, and, yeah, otherwise, um, that took us a couple hours, and it's actually a legit kayak, like, we both were like, that was long, it's at least an hour and a half, two hours to get there, and when you're coming back in the wind, you're like, oh, my gosh, this feels so much harder, so, Caballitos Del Mar, you can also have dinner there, or excuse me, breakfast there, but the road there on a scooter was insane, like, I mean, it's almost impossible, impassable, um, Oh, side note, too, on our cruise at Sunset, I mean, I'm just, like, cloud nine. I got my stereo speaker going. I have my uh, my front little – we had this little cubby. I had this little basket, and I just have it filled with dog biscuits. So every dog, I'm coming, I'm just throwing biscuits like Santa Claus coming through town. You get a biscuit. You get a biscuit. Handfuls going out. It's my favorite thing. But next thing you know, I there was mud from that rain the night before. I hit the mud. As soon as I hit the mud, oh, my God, like the front wheel folded, um, Jen's in the back, so then we start going, you know, backwards, or excuse me, to the side, and I was like, this is happening, I'm about to crash the scooter. So I extended my arm and landed the full weight of the scooter, caught the scooter um, as the bottom crunch, though. hurt like hell, and my wrist to this day is killing me. The scooter had to weigh at least 500 pounds, um, and... As soon as we got there, I was like, "Oh no! This was a because I always get crappy scooters. This was a brand new scooter, and it was all scratched." So um, we were like, "Okay, so what we're gonna do is we're gonna keep that mud right there, and when we drop it off, we're not gonna say a word. We're gonna throw them an extra five, and we're gonna run for the boat." So, um, anyways, um, also on our, wa- on our way back, we stopped at Ojo de Agua, which is a really cool thermal water. I don't want to say water park, but it is like a park. And they've, like, taken the thermal water, um, or natural spring water, I guess you should call it, and made this giant, I'm talking, like, a, over 100 yards um, pool with rope swings, with swings in the water, with um, slack line across it. And, of course, um, I wanted to get A, the mud off of me from our ride, but also um, Jen kept the watch at the stuff, and I was like, I went on the slide, or the this rope swing, I did the slack line, uh, I did a swim. It was pretty awesome. The water is not super, like, you can't really see. um, Like, the bottom is kind of actual gravel, but the walls are made of, like, actual stone that they built. So, but they have, uh, you get coconuts there, you can just kind of sit out, relax. I could see how that'd be a fun place to take the family for the day. Um, At that point, we were completely on E and we were freaked out. We're about to run out of gas um, in the middle of nowhere. Um, The mud gets so bad that you do have to get off the scooter. Um, I had to have Jen get off at times to, like, just make our way through this mud Um, because the front wheel would just buckle. I I have no idea why. Um, To Ojo de Awa, Santa Santa Domingo Beach, um, and there is also a viewpoint uh, that is incredible for sunset. But uh, not a ton. So the big draws, obviously – Hiking Concepcion or Madeira, but I would have even stayed longer in Madeira. It was the most relaxing place that we stayed in all of our trip. So, Ometepe Island. The next day, we dropped up the scooter, we grabbed our bags, ran to the ferry, and we were out of there, headed to San Juan del Sur. Um, but Ometepe Island, again, we saw no tourists. Um, no, I take that back. We saw two European people, um, but otherwise. We had everything to ourselves. You're going to have a great time on Ometepe.
0: All right, next spot we visited was San Juan del Sur. As we're making our way down Nicaragua, you're kind of looking at the map. Um, one of the last spots you're going to be before you're going to hit Costa Rica is going to be San Juan del Sur. San Juan del Sur is an amazing beach. It is gorgeous. It is, um, Ah, I, I, I really like San Juan del Sur. To get there, we left Ometepe. Ome Tepe, we grabbed a taxi. The taxi we split with, uh, we saw two Bel- uh, Belgian girls. I went up and asked if they would like to share it. We shared that to Rivas. And then in Rivas, uh, the guy first wanted 20 and he'd split it amongst us. That's $5 each to get all the way, not have to carry this bag um, and switch and wait for the next bus, the chicken bus to leave. Um, he's finally, I said, mm, that's a little much. So, um, And the, the Belgian girls were like, it's way too much. So finally he was like, I'll do it for 15 and the Belgian girls were like, mm, "Still, I'm like that's three dollars and change each, and we don't have to wait. We're only going to save about two dollars." So um they got off, and I talked him down to. I think I only got him down to twelve, but um twelve, and then me and Jen were. I was like, Jen, I'm cheap, but I'm not that cheap. Like, let's let's live let's let's do this he uh drove us straight to ometepe i don't even think it uh, excuse me to san juan del sur i think it only took 40 minutes um to get there via when you took that so um yeah no seat belt no ac but it was just nice to not have to move to switch seats or anything like that we stayed at um he drops you right off at the hotel too by the way it's a small town too you can't really get lost we stayed at beach house nicaragua Um, it is right on the water, like literally on the water. I was so stoked to have that spot. Um, it's directly next to it. They have a cafe. It's a really nice kind of swanky cafe. Um, and the room was, you open the sliding glass door and there's sand right there. So the room was filled with sand and, um, but, uh, very basic, had a nice ice cold AC, um, you know, room big enough for two humans to, uh, not bump into each other but the shower I came out Jen's like I made a little mess in the shower and I was like oh okay uh yeah no worries a little little water spilled here and there and I'm not joking it's like two inches deep um because the curtain doesn't go long enough to cover the shower so it's obviously been a problem because I looked on the other side of the wall and it water has gone through the wall pretty pretty messed up I was like do not put any weight on this wall or the wall will fall through but um yeah, other than that, um, you know, São Paulo is a lively place at night. It's a backpacker-friendly town. There's a lot of nightlife, so you will hear the music, too, in your room, no matter kind of where you stay, if it's along the beach. Um, but, yeah, so first thing we did is uh, we wanted to walk up to the giant Jesus Christ statue. It is, I think, the third biggest in the world, and only, like, I want to say, like, less than 10 meters, like, 7 meters smaller than the one in Brazil, so it's pretty huge. Um... There's two routes to get there. We took the beach route. We cut up. Um, Once you get to the mountain, there's a back, some barbed wire you kind of go under, and an open fence. We went through that. Very steep going up. I mean, very steep going up, but it only took us about 45 minutes to get to the top. Uh, There's a guy there. He charges, I think, about $2, and the view up there is incredible. So it's worth going up there, getting some pictures, and a great view of the entire beach. Um, You know, after... After that, um, there's a, the town is not that big. We walked both ways as far as you could go. There's a cute market that you can get some fruits and some veggies. There's a ton of bars, restaurants. And this is the one city that we started to see like gringos and like people who had crossed over from Costa Rica because now we're pretty much near the border directly with Costa Rica. I want to say only like 30, 45 minutes away from the border with Costa Rica. So uh, we heard like American music for the first time. Like it was, I'm not a huge fan of that when I'm trying to travel abroad, but uh, it was nice. We checked out some bars at night. We went, um, you know, kind of wandered, found a restaurant to have dinner and then just went, but it was actually still quiet. So the reason I wanted to go there too was for Sunday Funday. Uh, I met a guy in Guatemala who, he was from New Zealand, but now he lived in San Juan del Sur. And he was telling me tales of Sunday Day. Like, it sounded insane. And while I don't party often, I will always seek out the best parties in the world. And this sounded like one of the best parties in the world. Like, I'm talking up there with, um, you know, like the full moon parties of Thailand. Um, you get a t-shirt for 30 bucks and that t-shirt allows you to get on the bus and the bus takes you to all these hostels and their pool parties are ragers like djs drinks included and if you make it till 5 p.m like you're one of the lucky ones because most people tap out before that it's such an insane party but due to covid they had put a a, a, you know kind of put a squash on it for now and i was like well shoot i'll have to come back one day um, but there's enough just lounging. You can go to all different beaches. There's beaches north and south of there, um, you know, that you can, you know, surf at. Um, the town is rather small though, so it's kind of just a place to relax, enjoy some social life, watch the sunset. Sunsets are incredible, and the water is nice and warm, and it's not too crazy like some of the other beaches we went to. It's just a place you can nice swim, nice, nicely in a little in this little bay where we were staying. So. Um, anyhow, San Juan del Sur, definitely check it out. If you're making your way down the coast of Nicaragua, yeah, it's a great spot to be. Next, we went to Costa Rica. And so real quick, if you wanted just a heads up on how to cross that border, um, we took a bus to back towards Rivas in a town called Lover Hen. In Lover Hen, we got off the bus. It was all chicken bus, we, so we paid a, not even a dollar. It was like 50 cents. We crossed over to the other side of the highway. I found a bus stop. Um, and I asked the guy, and uh, he said this is the spot to go to La Frontera, which is the border. And from there, um, you can get a a shuttle to, uh, to get you to Costa Rica. So I'll talk a little bit more about that. But otherwise, San Juan del Sur is a great spot to go. Overall impressions of Nicaragua after the trip. Um, it was a terrific country. It was amazing. It was I learned so much about Central America there. Um, one guy I met Lionel I still remember his name told me it's you know the land of lake and bulk of lakes and volcanoes. So if that sounds appealing to you you're gonna love it. I love outdoor activities. I love adventures. I love hikes like that. It is packed with that stuff. Um, you know, there is a lot of change going on in the country right now. Um, the president situation, um, you know, just as I learned more and more, I'd ask people about what they thought about President Ortega, if he's going to win, and they'd all just laugh and say, there's no opposition. He's arrested all the opposition. And um, Alexander, who we met, mentioned that, you know, the scary thing is about, you know, not so much about who's going to be the president, but with all the protests, any tourists that they had coming again after the 2018 where many many hundreds of people were killed um it'll scare off those tourists and then his shop is out of business so it really put a real real you know face to the issues that they're facing there um so i hope it all works out with the presidential election Um, it sounds like he's locked up everyone that can run against him but in november of 2021 will be the next election and uh yeah, he could be there longer, but, um, otherwise enough about that. It is a terrific place to visit. They could use your tourism dollars. If you're thinking, ah, where should I go? Costa Rica, Nicaragua, please go to Nicaragua. It is, I liked it 10 times more than Costa Rica. If you like less tourists, if you like cheap transportation, if you like being alone at the top of volcanoes or waterfalls, um, there's more tourists than El Salvador or um but it's on par with Guatemala, I'd say. If Actually, no, there's much less in Nicaragua. But as far as adventures, Guatemala, Nicaragua, very similar, so definitely, definitely don't skip Nicaragua. Safe, um, Jen got, she, I think we were gnawing, because we got this giant block of cheese I mentioned, and it was like super salted, so I was like, oh, this will last. So I put it in my bag, and um, we ate it the next day too, and Jen, let's just say she uh didn't feel too well the rest of the trip no for like three full days three full days like we were on a hike and she's like i'm nervous about this hike because what if i can't find a bathroom and um i think her stomach's just a little bit weaker than i but also it was probably spoiled warm cheese that we were eating on for at least two days um so aside from that a little stomach issue um we had no issues um granada towards like the market um we were kind of lost in the market and it's a little scruffy around there um you know i wouldn't want to wander at night there but otherwise no point did we feel unsafe um you know there's stuff on blogs or lonely planet about spots that in town and those towns that we were at that are not dangerous or protests can pop up at any minute based on this presidential election so just to be to be cognizant of that and to um kind of keep that in mind if you see people starting to organize Um, as there was uh, as I mentioned a couple uh, hundred people killed in the protest last time but um, yeah another amazing country Central America has just captured my heart it it feels like um, Southeast Asia uh, 20 years ago you know with just maybe not 20 years ago maybe I'm exaggerating but just being at all these places without tourists uh, but still that backpacker trail of, uh, you know, ways to get around, uh, hostile, and just a, a really good vibe to it. So Nicaragua is in my top 10 countries. Don't skip it. You'll have a great time. Thanks for listening.